24-7-365. The fantasy season never dies. Welcome to Every Day is Draft Day. Presented by Champions Round. Every Day is Draft Day is back. I am joined by my co-host, Eagle Dan FF. We bring you the second episode of Every Day is Draft Day for the season, season two. How's it going, Dan? Good. Season two, episode two, one day till football starts. I am excited. I am so excited. It's tomorrow already. I don't know where the hell this offseason went, but looking forward to it. We have a bunch of questions from you guys. Thanks for sending those in before we do that. We found out some news today. Zach Zach Wilson's injury is Mm -hmm. a little bit more serious than we thought. We thought we might see him a little bit sooner, but they're saying the earliest we will see him is week four at Pitt. And I think they use the words very strategically that the earliest we will see him, meaning that this could prolong after that. I'm seeing a lot of hype around uh, the fact that Elijah Moore did very well the single season that Flacco started last year. He had 11 targets, eight receptions, 141 yards, one TD, and was wide receiver three on the week. This was against the Dolphins, and once again, the Ravens, I think, are being disrespected. I think that the Ravens' defense is much better than we are. Not we, because I know how good it is. Everyone else, the rest of you people, are a little bit too low on them. Give me your – how do you feel about about Zach Wilson here? Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that a lot of people made it out to be like Zach Wilson was just like – a dumpster truck, uh, dumpster fire. You know, he was just awful. And as soon as Joe Flacco got the reins, then apparently everyone on the Jets is now like fantasy worthy again. And I think it's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit overblown. I think that uh, Zach Wilson uh, was improving uh, from, you know, last year. And I just don't see uh, at this point Joe Flacco being such an upgrade where now you could just shoot up, you know, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson and, the Jets offense like up your boards. I, I just don't think it's that much of a difference. I mean, maybe it's a, a slight increase, but it's definitely not how what everyone is making it out to be where Elijah Moore is now going to be like this fantasy, like sleeper, like stud that's going to win weeks. I just, I just don't see that. Yeah. And it feels more, uh, you know, the competition based. So I think that, yes, they might get sure. Let's give, say, let's give them a boost. You're still against the Ravens secondary, which I think is better than everyone is leading uh, off to. So we'll get into these questions because we have a bunch of them. And I know, let's see. Thanks, Jordan. Jordan said, I'll see you guys are awesome. Rocky shows. Steffi's rocking the golf game. Thank you. And the betting world. Dan being a tolerable Eagles fan. And you're right, Jordan. He is my tolerable Eagles fan. The rest of you or have been intolerable this preseason, <laughs> but we'll jump into uh That's these the nicest thing Thorne's ever said about me. Yeah, stop. Okay, <laughs> we have first question is from at JazzySip12. He says, who should I start in flex 12 team standard? Ramadri Stevenson, George Pickens, Hunter Renfro, or Nico Collins? Pass it off to you, Dan. Who should they start? Uh, out of that group, I'm starting Hunter Renfro. I think just for week one, he has the 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 best situation, the most guaranteed situation. I think, you know, we don't know how Stevenson's going to be used with Harris. We don't know when George Pickens is going to leapfrog uh, Claypool for the start. And Nico Collins, um, while starting, I think it, I prefer, you know, having uh, Derek Carr over 
uh, Mills throwing to you. So really a, a process of elimination. I feel most comfortable, you know, going into the season with, with run throw uh, in the flex spot. Yeah, this is where I'm at too. If we're talking about this week, I agree with you. I think Renfro gives you the safest floor here. It'll be interesting though, if you're someone that just wants to come out of the gates hot, I might lean Stevenson versus Miami rather than Renfro versus the Chargers. Um, mm -hmm. But Pickens versus the Bengals, listen, Bengals secondary is gonna be better than everyone is saying. Uh, we don't exactly know what the connection is going to look like, what Canada calling the please is going to look like. I some some of these younger guys probably staying away from this week. I know we have a later question about uh, rookie wide receivers who we would start. But as far as situations like Pickens, need to see how that goes before I'm getting super excited. Also, I have a really shitty line over there. And then Nico versus the Colts again. I think that the Colts are can come out very hot. Nico was very up and down. We saw him do very well towards the end of the season. So I'm with you. I think Renfro is the way to go. But you you might see that Stevenson is ends up scoring a little bit more than him yeah. because uh, they don't really have anyone to throw the ball to there. Right. And the, the only thing that they're going to be able to do is run the ball. So I'm with you, though. I think Hunter Renfro, like we talked about this, a little. I'm a little bit higher on, you know, like Renfro being – like he, I think he can out target Waller potentially. I think that he's still going to be part of that passing game, despite what everyone is saying. I think that Waller, depending on if that injury was, if it was a little uh, exaggerated to get a contract, but you know, mm -hmm. he's like 30 years old. Didn't really live up to us drafting him last year where we did. Now he's still going as tight end five finishes like tight end 17. So uh, I think that Renfro will still have a pretty significant role. Obviously not the role that we thought he would have before Devontae Adams came over there, right. but uh, very interesting. But still, Stevenson, I kind of switched too. like, I like Damien first. Really? I used to. No, that changed. Like I noticed I need to do next year. We're going to do compare and contrast. If we're going to put our pre preseason and then like right before the week before and see what changed. I like that. It's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're, you're cool with my bro still. What? You, is my internet going out, guys? The my no. tech has been no, a disaster today. What? So you are you've been sat on Stevenson though from the beginning. Oh uh, yeah, I think that you know everyone. The whole thing about Patriots running backs and how you never know who's going to start for each week. But everything that has come out of camp from Bill Belichick himself, you know, Stevenson has proven himself to be. You know, a really good uh, pass catcher for them in camp. And with James White being retired, the the only consistent running back in the entire Tom Brady era uh, for New England running backs was James White. He always had that pass that pass catching role locked down. So if that's Stevenson's floor for this version of the team, then that's you know good enough for me for to to take him. In addition to whatever running work uh, he'll get uh, alongside Damian Harris. So that that's mm -hmm. why you know, I just need to see. Uh, if Pelchick is telling the truth about that first, so like in week two, it's completely entirely different. I could pick Stevenson over Renfro. It just there, there's so much, there's too much unknown now without any game being played. I just need to see what Stevenson's role is first. Cool, love it. All right, let's pop into that next run. Uh, friend of the show, Ladarius Brown, Ladarius underscore Brown on Twitter. Uh, who is more viable, a more viable option at QB? Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, or neither? I will let you start this one off. Uh, I think it's Baker. I think, you know, he's going to have a huge uh, chip on his shoulder, which 
can be overstated sometimes that, that whole like chip on the shoulder narrative. Uh, but I think he has a really good team uh, down there with him in, in Carolina. You know, CMC is healthy uh, for the first time, you know, in, in a while. And I just think, you know, the, the Browns have a good defense. I think the Giants are playing the Titans. So I think that the, the Titans are playing. And it's just really about the, the weaponry. I, I trust Baker's weaponry more than Daniel Jones's. I think mm-hmm. Daniel Jones obviously has a better rushing floor than Baker does. Uh, I just need to, I just need to see. I just need to, Daniel Jones to be comfortable with, you know, Tony and Robinson and 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 Barkley uh, before I can say. But, again, going by what we know without any games being played, I, I trust Baker's weapons and, and over – what Daniel Jones has right now. Yeah. And I think the keyword here is viable. And again, like, I don't know if we're talking week one, what we're talking about here, but uh, viable is very much to me instantly Baker. I think that Baker holds the best true floor will probably be a very consistent point amount. Uh, I think Carolina is interesting, could end up potentially being better than we all expect. I think that Matt rule is going to hold them back to some extent and hopefully injuries, they stay healthy, but I think a lot of us also forget that Baker was struggling with an injury all last season. Uh, he only finished 25th overall, but again, that injury was there. So if you like upside, I do think the higher ceiling ends up being Daniel Jones who finished 27. He actually was out for a couple of weeks and still was able to maintain that. Not that it's something to brag about, but again, we don't know what this Giants team is going to be. Uh, we have no idea if, we don't even necessarily know as much as everyone thinks they do who their wide receiver one is, because that could end up reverting back to being Sterling Shepard, who will actually be playing week one after tearing his Achilles nine months ago. It could be Kadarius Tony, or do we see Kadarius Tony struggle with injuries and isn't Wanda Robinson. So a lot of question marks around the giants. I think that you start out and you know, anything that is more viable is the safer option. And the safer option here is, Baker Mayfield. Do you think Baker right. is going to surprise people this year? I do. I'm actually, I'm a really big fan of Baker this year, honestly. I think, you know, if, if you skip out on quarterback from the first, like, you know, the top half of the draft, then you can get him late. I think he's going to surprise some people and then actually be a viable, not even just in fantasy, like in, in real life football as well. I think he gives Carolina yeah. a chance to even win the division if Tampa falters. So, you know, I, I said it before in, in, in one of our hot takes shows last week. I think that Baker can propel Carolina to, to you know, be in contention for uh, division titles. So I think Baker, you know, everyone, I think Baker got a bad rap. I mean, he did take the Browns to the playoffs for the first time in, you know, forever. His weapons are good. He has DJ Moore, Christian, you know, McCaffrey, Robert, like, so I just, I, I think that the, the stigma on, on Baker has gotten a little too much for him. And I think, you know, he, he's definitely a viable enough quarterback to where, you know, the Carolina can make some noise this season. Yeah, and I think that Baker is going to end up having the season that everyone hoped Sam Darnold would have over there. But I think he has a higher chance to do that. So uh, I'm excited to see what Baker's able to do. I'm, I'm, I am rooting for him. I think that he should ha- see success, especially not having the stress of being in the Browns organization anymore. There's something to that environment matters. So. We'll move on to the next question. All right, we have a question will... from the chat. Oh, cool. Our first yes. chat question. If the Ravens fail yeah. to get anything done with Lamar Jackson, do you think the Eagles should trade them Jalen Hurts and some firsts in the offseason? They're possibly a QB away and Lamar fits. So what do you think about that, Steph? I'll let you answer that first. So okay. the Eagles trade so for Lamar. I feel, like this, I feel like this person is trying to aggravate Dan a little bit here. He, yes. They are. It feels you feel like an instigator. Um I <laughs> 
I just don't think that's happening. Um, and I think that to think the Ravens are, or are they saying with his contract? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. The, the contract the is going to get tomorrow. signed. Yeah. So my yeah. opinion is a contract will get signed. Right mm -hmm. now, Lamar does not have an agent. He represents himself. So he has the ability to say, I want this. I want that. There's no one giving him guidance to try to get money. And he wants guaranteed money. And yeah. unfortunately, the Browns decided they were going to go out and give the contract that they did to Deshaun Watson. Uh, we saw Kyler Murray get paid. Lamar Jackson is only a couple years removed from being the MVP hit in 2019. He has had injury problems. So be it. I think that this year, if I'm Lamar, like he might even want to do like an Aaron Judge type of thing that we're seeing. We were seeing in baseball is that like. I would just wait and make them have to pay you. Make it so that they they don't have an option. Um, I don't think the, that the, the Eagles are. Right. Yeah, I don't know that the Eagles are going. Like Jalen Hurts is either going to have success. There's two options for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is going to do very well this year, and he's going to take them to another wild card game, and probably I'm kidding, maybe lose, potentially lose. Um, but I think they're either sticking with him or moving on from him. I don't mm -hmm. like how the Eagles can get a little impatient with their quarterbacks. So I think that it's in their best interest to stick with him. They're not giving up a bunch of, I don't like that trade just doesn't make sense to me in my eyes. Yeah. In my eyes. So, so in, in my opinion, I, I agree. I don't think that you trade hurts and then, you know, two first, whatever for, for Lamar Jackson. I just don't think that Lamar Jackson, Mar, Lamar Jackson is, that much of an upgrade over Hurts to warrant that kind of draft capital in any kind of trade. I get that he was MVP uh, and everything, but I just think and he's a similar, you know, quarterback style to what Hurts already plays. Uh, so if you're going to go the route of, you know, moving on from Jalen Hurts in the offseason, I'd rather, you know, take those first and some other like pieces and go get, you know, a rookie or something. Go get like Bryce Young or, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson or something like that. I, I would do that over uh, going for Lamar Jackson personally. Yeah. And the nice thing that the Eagles have done, and then I want to answer this next comment that came in from the chat before we continue on, is the Eagles have a beautiful roster. They've done a very nice job. Um, they are, they're not a Swiss cheese type roster that you see across the league all over the place. So uh, unfortunately for Mr. Jalen Hurts, he is easily replaceable if necessary. You have Howie Roseman, who is essentially the mafia leader of trades <laughs> at this point. This man uh -huh. is a force to be reckoned with. He will stop in nothing to make sure that we do not remember that they drafted Jalen Rager and will actually make sure he puts Jalen Rager on the same exact team. He knows he sucks at drafting wide receivers, so he's going to fleece the team for A.J. Brown. Um I just don't think they're not in a position to. It's either Jalen Hurts or a new guy. Period. Yeah, right. But I think that. I just think that's the, the new guy is going to be a rookie over Lamar Jackson. I just took it away. See, you we're did. still learning the comments. This we is are. fun. Okay, it's fun. go ahead. You you read this to us. All right. What's your feeling on the Patriots? Will they be a good team this year, or will they collapse under the weight of Matt walking unmade bed, Patricia, being the <laughs> offensive coordinator? <laughs> I'll take this one first. I, I, I think okay. uh, I think they're going to be a solid team. I think, you know, Bill Palachek always finds a way to keep them in, in contention. Um, obviously, I don't think they're going to win a division. I think the Bills have, you know, a stranglehold on that for the next couple of years. Uh, and I think that it's just it's going to be a lot more tougher slugging than they've had in recent years. I think the Dolphins have gotten better. 
obviously with retired Kale, uh, the Jets uh, made a bunch of moves uh, in this past offseason. So it won't be yeah. as easy for the Patriots as it has been uh, in recent years. And I don't know. I just think I need to see what Mac Jones does in, in his second year. I mean, he was solid, uh, but unspectacular in, in his first year. So it really, you know, they didn't really have a, a true number one guy. You know, it's more by committee, just like Bill Belichick likes. So I think they'll be a, a solid team. Um, I think they'll miss the playoffs, but I think they won't like suck outright is my opinion. So probably like eight, nine. Like eight, like yeah. They'll be I, yeah. I talked about this the other day. I think that the Patriots, this has been kind of, now that this has happened a ton of years, but it's kind of an off season tradition now, kind of like how we always hear that Aaron Rodgers is going to a new team. It's kind of an off season tradition that we talk about the fact that the Patriots are declining Yet somehow the Patriots never decline. Uh, they may not be as good and as big of a powerhouse as they've been in the past, but I think that people need to throw a little bit of respect on Bill Belichick and his name. Also, the way that we do, you know, with coaches like Tomlin, where they don't, you know, their records are something that you don't see all the time from a head coach. So I'm still the Patriots are going to be an above-average team where they find mm-hmm. themselves in the conference and their division is going to put them in a spot. Like we're, if they were in the NFC, I think that we'd be having a different conversation about the oh, Patriots. Yeah. They're, they're a playoff team in the NFC, 100%. And and people forget, like, Bill is able to, like, just make anyone a wide receiver. Like, there is going to be a way that they're able to make something work. I think that they also still have two tight ends that are fantastic. Hunter Henry quietly put up a fantastic, especially in – fantasy uh, tight end season. You also have Johnny Smith, who allegedly is supposed to be doing better in camp. I'm not going to fall into that trap again, but, and then you have running backs. It's kind of, it's like this, it's just a, uh, like, what's a good word for it? It's just kind of a downgraded, mild version of what we've kind of seen the Patriots do for yeah. a while. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it's just it's not as light. fun. It's Patriots yeah, light it's very, everything, all the pieces are there to be the Patriots that we know. It's just not going to be the Patriots we love. So I'm not as down on them. I think we do this every year. I think, do they see a decline? Like, I don't know that they decline much from last year. I don't know that they Mm -hmm. get kind of hot the way they did. I haven't looked at their schedule, so I don't know. But I think the Patriots are going to be somewhat similar to what we've seen in the past. Yeah, they were 10 and 7 last year. Not the past. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, the the past. (laughs) The past. I'm very, like, forward thinking all right let's get into one of these mailbags that got sent in and then we'll jump into the chat again uh okay. i will butcher this so this is at our can a-a-r-c-a-n-t that sounds good i like yes. that okay i think it's a good job, you did, you did um, job. yes when i actually was using my degree that was in speech therapy and phonetics and stuff so i'm using that see mom and dad there we go. okay see? need to keep two as wide receiver five and six which this feels like bragging again. We talked about this a lot on our show last year. Like, oh, these are your wide receiver five and six. Okay. So it's Isaiah McKenzie, KJ Osborne, Kadarius Tony, Traylon Burks. It's a full PPR league. They're starting wide receivers right now are Adams, Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Thomas. What are you thinking? So for me, I'm going to keep Tony. For one, because I think Tony is going to be the wide receiver one for the Giants this year because the Giants have had it 
with Kenny Galladay, and they'll probably like, if they could cut him, they would. No, they never point. had it. First of all, don't say they yeah. had it. He's the he, there, there was nothing to be had. Okay, go ahead. Well, they gave him the money, so they had him. You know, fair, fair, fair. Okay, Gettleman had him. Uh, Gettleman, Gettleman had him. How's that? Sucks. Gettleman had him. Yeah. So Tony will be one for me, and the second one I'll probably go. I'd probably go with. It's either McKenzie or Burks. I think McKenzie's obviously in the better offense, uh, but I think Burks may have more opportunity. Uh, I think, you know, the, the Titans drafted uh, Burks in the first round to replace A.J. Brown, so they're going to give him every opportunity, opportunity to get that wide receiver one role. Uh, but, you know, you know, McKenzie being the wide receiver three, I'd probably go – probably lean Burks, honestly. I think Burks has, has more upside than McKenzie does. Uh, I think that the Titans are going to, be, are going to want to use him uh, in every facet of the game, I think, you know, Robert Woods isn't really, he, he's a solid guy, but he's, he's, he's Robert Woods. You know, you, you know what you're getting from Robert Woods. So I, I, I lean uh, Burks and, and Tony go with the, the two young guys uh, for my wide receiver five and six out of those guys. Yeah. I'm pretty with you on this. So when I look at these guys, Isaiah McKenzie and KJ Osborne, part of the reason why I didn't fully understand the hype that they were getting was because they essentially, they're two guys who essentially need someone to be injured in order to have a true fantasy role. Like, they will get you a couple flex points unless someone is injured. So I, I like the teams that they're on there, but what Kadarius and Traylon Burks have is, I first of all, Kadarius essentially has no competition to becoming the wide receiver one there. He also has ridiculous upside. I mean, he could easily be this, wire, this team's wide receiver one, uh, and his ceiling is out of control. I mean, you look at what he was able to do that the one, two games, one and a half games that we were able to actually see him last year. Um, I think that Kadarius Tony is a league winner. I feel pretty strongly about that, not because it's my team, but because of the talent that he is. And then yeah. I'd probably trail on Burke. So I, you might want to do some kind of combination. You might like a Kadarius Tony and Osborne or I just think Traylon Burks, I'd rather have him, especially if this is a dynasty. I know the reports feel very much like what we saw with Jamar Chase last year and mm. how the ball was, he couldn't catch the ball because it was small. Like, that is not – Traylon Burks is going to be just fine in the NFL. Yeah. He's going to be fantastic in the NFL. Um, they just need to find a way to play him right. So Traylon Burks might not be the guy the first couple of weeks that we see a lot of, but – I still think Traylon Burks is in a good spot. We said this, you know, a couple shows ago. He has very, very, very high upside because of it, where he landed. You know, they made that trade and A.J. Brown left. And you're essentially replacing him with a guy that has a similar skill set and is just younger. So uh, I think they made the right choice doing that there for them. I think the Titans are accepting that they're in a different bit of a place than they maybe want to admit maybe it's like a yeah. subconscious acceptance but, that they're leaning in a direction of not being like as good as they've been mm -hmm. plus in the context of the roster he's constructed he has four really solid but veteran receivers so like the last two spots i'm, I'm i'd want to go at the highest upside possible and it's definitely yes out of those players tony and burks for him specifically mm -hmm. yep all right next one and then we'll or do you want to do one from the one from the chat. Okay, cool. You pick. There's a couple there. All right, let's see what we got here. Another question. Oh gosh, that's a loaded one with the. <sighs> do that one. Do the loaded one. Which one? This one. Okay, we can do that one. I don't even know. That's a loaded question, though. 
Yeah. What do you uh, think? It depends on your league because some guys, yeah. it's like, I, the first one that comes to mind is like maybe Noah Fant because I think that you might see a lot of like check down city over there. And I he's mm. been on a lot of like I noticed him there, especially for people that didn't take a tight end. So he's one of the first ones that come to mind. Sterling Shepard's another one. Like if he ends up having that connection that we saw, you know, for years that Dale Jones and him have been together, he was someone that was slipping way out. Um, do, can you think of anyone else? I like Marcus Mariota. I That's think a good that, one. Yeah. I think if you if you're, you know, if you didn't grab a quarterback early and you're playing like quarterback roulette, I think Mariota plays really well against uh, New Orleans and, you know, you can pick him up uh, for week two. And he has that, that rushing upside that you know, everyone values in, in quarterbacks and fantasy. So I think that'd be a good, uh, you know, a sleeper type guy. All right. We'll do one more from here. Cause I read the one rest more. of it. So another question, who is the worst running back in the NFC and why is it Saquon Barkley? That is a Saquon. extremely bold statement there. Uh, follow up. The Giants O-line has never been impressive. Do you think that will be a focus this year? Uh, one, I'll start this off because you have Yo. now tugged with my heartstrings. Speaking, uh, of, speaking of someone trying to pick, don't pick fights. Disrespect, <laughs> don't disrespect Giants O-lines of past. As of late, I don't know if you're showing your age, but as of late, yes, the mm. Giants O-line has been nothing impressive, but we're not going to knock uh, the history that is behind us here. I think that the Giants O-line, like there is a very, there's no reason that they can't be middle of the barrel type team i think in my power rankings i had them like 24 25 and i think that they could be a top 20 you know that's not saying a lot right we're not we're not the percentage there is not impressive it doesn't mean that they're gonna be extremely good but single Barkley is not the worst uh running back in the nfc that's uh ridiculous no. i think that he's gotten hurt and that's recency bias i don't you know first of all talent alone and then nfc i mean like, we could start listing off running backs that are worse than him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for this question, I actually, you know, I feel the opposite. I think Saquon is the best running back in the NFC. Right. Uh, Wait, in the NFC or the NFC East? Or in the NFC, NFC? No. Yeah. NFC, oh yeah. No. In the NFC, he's not even, he's not even close. To, yeah. He's probably like the third best running back in the NFC right now. Yeah. Uh, I hope when he healthy, shuts which, which oh he is right God, now. I'm going to be insane. But like, I, I, would, I would put even like Miles Sanders under him. I'd put Antonio Gibson. His own team doesn't even, uh, under him, you know, there there are so many uh, running backs in the NFC that are just terrible. Uh, that Saquon shouldn't be e anywhere close to the worst anything for for the mm -hmm. NFC. I just think that that's a little much. And as for uh, the O line, yeah, you know, and this is like you said, going back to to the past, like ha haunting the Giants a little bit. I just think that you know the Giants have made a really uh, uh, concerted effort to increase their you know, to improve their O-line. You know, they drafted Evan Neal, they signed a couple uh, a new center, a new guard. So it's definitely a uh a point of emphasis for the for the new GM to make sure that you know Daniel Jones is protected and Saquon Barkley has good uh you know running room. So I, I just think that uh it has been a focus honestly this this past offseason. I think that the Giants for an office has proven that improving the O-line has been a focus for them. I think it's going to continue to be a focus because that's just the type of, of, of team that they want they want to build. So I I, I don't think it's a, a bad O line at all. I think getting Evan Neal was a steal in the draft. He was you know pretty much the consensus number one O lineman by a, a bunch of people going into the draft. Uh, so I think they're really doing as much as they can with you know the cap issues that they have that they're going to have to clear up in the next few years to to really you know improve the the pieces around.
uh, Daniel Jones and, and the offensive skill players. Yeah, and Gettleman is a criminal. I don't know how many times I have to tweet it. He is a criminal. He, I can I, every day I'm gonna tweet at the FBI that they make sure that he is taken into custody because he is a criminal. Uh, just disgusting where he left this team. Uh, they do not have a lot of money. They did their best, and I think that Shane and Dable they're trying to prepare for the future, which is fantastic. It's the best they can do. Luckily, they do have a very you know fourth youngest team in the league right now, so they're in a sp the best spot that they can be for what they were left with. We'll talk about, we'll stay on running backs. We have another question from underscore J Crispin. He said, is Dobbins worth starting over Stevenson this week? You guys all love Stevenson. No. What do you think? No, he's not. He might not even play. Yeah. I mean, he, he, they just cleared him maybe for, for, for playing really? th this week. Um, they're not going to give him enough of enough carries to, you know, warrant starting out of the gate uh you know they signed Kenyon drake for exactly this reason so they wouldn't have to do this and i just think that even if we don't you know we said before we don't exactly know what stevenson's role is going to be i just think it's going to be a more substantial role than what we, we can expect from dobbins uh this week so i i feel really comfortable saying that i would not start dobbins over stevenson at all yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think if this question was coming to me a little bit later in the season, I would feel pretty strongly like the other way. Uh, but I think that if you're a team like the Ravens, uh, I think that you know that there is a good chance that you could be extremely, extremely, extremely successful. There is no reason to rush someone like Dobbins back. Uh, for that, I think that Stevenson is the way that I'm going to go, especially just given the way that that roster lays out. We'll get into the... Second to last from these, maybe jump in one more chat question and then get out of here. But uh, from Ian MacBets on Twitter, this is Ian McMullen. Fantastic. Love you, Ian. Uh, which rookie wide receiver is the best option to start week one? Let's hear it, Dan. I hope we have at okay. least one of the same. So this might be the answer that everyone is expecting, but it's Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs is the answer to this question. Alan what? Lazard, Romeo Dobbs is okay. the answer to this question. Okay. Alan Lazard is maybe you know not playing now he has some injury questions i just read so if Lazar doesn't start and even if he does honestly i think dobbs has just proven you know throughout this this training camp and preseason that he has earned the trust of aaron Rodgers, which is like everyone's like oh my god aaron Rodgers doesn't trust rookies like this is the worst uh, i just think that with with that and the matchup that they have i i just think that dobbs is probably not the most popular answer i think you know you take like Drake London probably is a more popular answer. I just think that that Dobbs is going to, you know, surprise a lot of people uh, and have the best best week this this week. Hmm. So I raise you one here. All right. This is interesting. Okay, I have two. You know, I think that you. I think there's definitely a case for him. I actually low key forgot about Lazard and whatever's going on over there. Maybe. Rogers just bullying him because he doesn't want him to play. Uh, <laughs> Tolber is also an interesting option, but again, like Bucks. D is still going to be Bucks D. Yep. Listen to me here, okay? I'm listening. Chris Olave, hear me out, okay? I'm okay. Playing Atlanta, mm -hmm. their their secondary could potentially be solid. I think that's. Yeah. I don't know how strongly I feel about the word solid there, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, AJ Terrell was pretty good last year. They added a vet. Richie Grant is going to have to play well in order for this word solid to actually hold true, but they have a really shitty front seven to the point where it's comical 
I apologize to Falcons fans, but it's a disaster. I'm embarrassed. Uh, and they didn't really add any help to fix that. So I think that Olave's in a good spot with Michael Thomas still being teetering on. Is is he playing? Is he not playing? Is he hurt? Is he not hurt? Is he talking trash on Twitter so that people think he's like, I don't know what's going on over there. I think Olave could be like a sneaky good option. But again, if this is, are you playing with the rest there? Other mm-hmm. option is, it'll be interesting if Alec Pierce sees a lot this, this week. Um, he's, I think, or at least should be the clear wide receiver two over there. The only team with a worse D than the Falcons is probably the Texans. And that might not hold true through the season, but if you're going to set power rankings right before, that might be where I put them as bottom three, at least nothing scary is fucking going on over there with the, with the Texans defense, uh, finished second to last in yards per game, rushing yards as well. Uh, they upgraded the secondary in the draft and free agency, but in a very young way. So they're not in a position to be a huge dominating force. So maybe they use Al Pierce to, you know, get his feet wet and he ends up doing well. But uh, I'm always very cautious with what I do with rookies week one. It's not really my vibe to to put them in immediately. I, I want to get at least a feel for what's going on. Right. So uh, I think you're throwing a dart here and who, what rookie ends up having the best week. I do like the Alec Pierce thing. I actually took him in the, in the final round of my, uh, my home league draft. So I, I think, uh, you know, he could be someone that surprises as well, you know, being the, he's going to get, it's really about what rookie is going to get the most opportunity uh, in week one. So you're looking at guys that are the number two guys or even Drake Williams is the number one. Uh, those are the guys you want to go with uh, for yeah. week one until we get a, a clear, you know, indication of how they're going to be used throughout the way it's all you know it's it's just you really want to just stack stack the deck and just probability wise give yourself the best shot of, of picking the right guy especially if they're playing a shitty team yeah they might be in a really good spot to get a lot of like attention that game so i like those again i'm not i have i have to start al pierce in one of my leagues if that was my choice i forget who my other options were and who mm-hmm. i'm starting him over uh, would be interesting to pull that up, but uh, I think that I just tread lightly with rookies at uh, right out of the gate, right? right. We've, we've seen this happen a million times where it doesn't end up going the way that you expect. Unless, uh, but yeah, unless it's Damien Pierce, Damien Pierce, Pierce, then we all know. Back one, once again, you guys are very you're welcome. We are the reason why you guys have him on your team. So <laughs> I am starting just for reference. So I this team, I I orphaned a keeper team. Mm-hmm. I did not realize before I said yes, uh, the person before me, the lovely owner before me, basically gave away like every pick and I essentially only drafted from the eighth round down. But so I am going to start Alec Pierce in a flex. The guys that are on my bench right now, uh, wide receiver wise are Osborne, Palmer, I mean, those are my only wide receivers on the bench. Yeah. There's a couple of running backs, but uh, Zamir White, Isaiah, those are not guys, again, I'm going to, Alec Pierce, I think, has a clear defined role here, playing a shitty team, kind of easy peasy there. Let's get to the last questions. This came in from Jared underscore Skurs. Uh, opinions on Cam Akers, his injury status, and realistic expectations. Um, I am completely out on Cam Akers as a player. <laughs> I think that, you know, where he's going in drafts is Bye. <laughs> I think where he's going in drafts is too high. You know, he didn't look good uh, last year. Henderson uh, is still there. He's going to, you know, take some work. 
And I just think with where you need to take them, there's going to be so many other good options that I just don't want him. To be honest, I, I don't want him. I think he's yeah. not going to have a good year. Uh, I think that he's much more of a name than uh, what he's actually going to be giving you uh, as a player uh, this year. Yeah, sorry. I don't know how I feel, honestly. Uh, Cam Akers is like – so the reason why you like Cam Akers is, one, because you have, you're in love with potentially the idea of him. Uh, mm -hmm. He is – in quotations, a threat in the running and passing game. And then, but you have Henderson there, who I think is more, more of a reliable And this term is dying off. So we won't say it, but he's like the more reliable workhorse type of player yeah. than what you're getting out of acres. You know, acres has been with the Rams, what, two years. He's played like 14 games for them and started five. So, where he is getting drafted seems a little ridiculous for me. Could he totally shut me up? That's fine. I don't have a lot of acres this year. Uh, not really where I'm willing to risk the biscuit. I think while Stafford is still having pain and whatever is going on, we might see him be that guy where the first couple of weeks we see a nice set of points out of him, but he ends up like teetering completely off. Uh, so that's how I feel at Akers. I don't, I don't feel strongly. It's, I'm really interested to see the Rams offense. I'm excited to see what they look like. I love that everyone is so gun ho with the bills, but I think that everyone is starting to jinx them and, uh, the hype is getting a little bit too loud for a team that had a really shitty schedule last it's year. It's not loud so enough. It is too loud. A little loud. Simmer down. Simmer down. That is never bit. going to happen. Okay. Fine. The bills that's are going right. undefeated. 20 and 0 when in Super Bowl. That's where we're you at. You guys heard it here first. Oh my <laughs> lord. And on that uh, note, we are ending this show. What? You think? What do you think they're realistic? You think they are winning the Super Bowl this year, no matter what? Um, I think they'll get there and then lose to the Eagles, obviously. So. Okay. But no, I think they'll no. Now we're definitely I think they'll win. No, I think they'll win. I think that uh I think they have a chip on their shoulder again. I hate that term, but I think that the way they lost last year, where they just got like ruled out of the playoffs pretty much. They didn't get a chance to, you know, score. Their, but I just think that the, their offense and everything is is too good not to, you know, get back there. You know, all the other contenders, I guess, uh, took a little step back. You know, Kansas City took a little step back. Cincinnati is still good. I just think that with, you know, it's a, the AFC is really tough. I just think that they're the best of that crop of teams uh, right now. Uh, so, you know, just projecting out, I think they, they do uh, make the Super Bowl at least. Uh but yeah, I don't think they go 20 and 0, though. I think that that was just me being yeah, ridiculous. 20 and 0. They're gonna add extra weeks to, to this season so that they can get uh, no, so yeah, we'll end it here. I don't have any other comments. Eagles are also people really like the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. What do you think will stop the Eagles before let's we do that as the last note here? What do, what do I think will stop the Eagles from going to the Super Bowl? Yeah, Jonathan Gannon. <laughs> I think the defensive coordinator doesn't do his job, then we won't go to the Super Bowl. But okay. I, I, I'm of the personal opinion that if he doesn't do his job, he gets fired by like week six and we bring in uh, someone else to do his job for him because we just have too much talent on that side of the ball to, you know, be as bad as we were last year. So I think that it, and obviously Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the obvious answer. If Jalen Hurts doesn't, you know, ball out uh, like uh, quarterback people, is always the answer. Yeah. Quarterback, that's just like a layup. <laughs> that's a boring answer. Everyone knows the entire season rests on what Jalen Hurts does. But I think. You know, the, how the defense plays is also a, a really important uh, key to how 
the Eagles season is going to go. And that's something that I don't think a lot of people talk about besides talking about Jalen Hurts all the time. Gardner Minshew is still on the Eagles, right? I didn't miss any names. He is. Gardner Minshew is the backup. Okay. The only way that I am okay with the Eagles going to the Super Bowl is if Gardner Minshew takes them there. I do not care. <laughs> I will be all right with it. That is the situation that I'm okay as a New York Giants fan. I am okay with the Eagles going to the Super Bowl and winning only under the circumstance that Gardner Minshew takes them there. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. That's all we I got. Have, all right. We just have you on tape saying you're okay with the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. So that's really all that matters. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not okay with that. Okay, tell everyone no, where they they know where to find you. I don't need to tell everyone. Eagle Day and FF. What do you have yes. coming up? Any articles? What's the deal? No articles. We do have uh, hot takes and pancakes coming up actually right after this show. Yeah. Uh, so tune in for that. Uh, you know we have have our uh, awesome app with all these amazing games. So please uh, go uh, and check that out. Oh, am I missing yeah. anything? You can else? use the code Daily Dozen, get $10 on your first deposit. Also gives you $12 free entry there. Go download the app, play against us. I cannot wait for Daily Dozen to start up for the NFL season. And That's because it's not baseball anymore. <laughs> I know I'm over. I'm so happy. My heart is so full. It's why I can tolerate my days more. Uh, it's why <laughs> I'm breaking out because I'm so stressed out over football. But we will be back. Every day is draft day. Hopefully, it will be moving forward twice a week. It's been a crazy week, but I think we'll have a lot more to go at least once a week because this was a blast. Thanks, everyone that tuned in. If you are still watching, go Thanks for the questions. like button and comment on there who you think is going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Let us we'll know. catch you on the flip side. Once See ya. I can outro. See ya.